one verse. We're going to read Joshua 1, 9. A lot of you may have this memorized. Yep. And we'll give you a second to get there. If you're visiting today, say amen when you get there. That's how we do it around here. If y'all have noticed, I'm not drinking a rainbow unicorn. I'm drinking a Zevia. I'm trying to be healthy, and this tastes terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I praise you. I thank you so much, not only for the leadership of this church. Father, just what I love about our leadership is how spirit-led we are. God, thank you for taking over. Thank you for leading us. Thank you for teaching us to get out of the way and allow you to work. There's nothing I love more about this church than that. It's completely unscripted. Father, you told me that's how it needed to be from day one. This is not about how we script things. Father, it's about the way you script things, and I'm going to leave it that way. You have my promise with that, Father. You have my word on it. And uh, Father, I just want to thank you for the servers of this church. Yesterday, it was just so awesome to see, to see a group of people that, that are courageous and that get it. And God, I thank you, this whole congregation, it is so awesome to watch this entire congregation grow in that way. And uh, Father, I just I want to thank you for, for Zaire and the Spirit leading through him and him getting out of the way today for worship. Bojo for that transition that was completely spirit-led. God, again, I just, I love you and thank you again for taking over. And I need that right now, Father. In this moment, I need you to anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I need you to take all my pride, my selfishness, my anger, any doubt that I may have, my uncertainties. Father, I ask that you just cast all of those away from me, Father, and replace it with nothing but your courage, your confidence, and your boldness right now, Father, to give your word. God, I claim that in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. All right. Today we're going to continue our series on You Are Called. For the last three weeks, we have discussed humility, obedience, patience, and discernment. Today, the two characteristics that we're going to discuss are confidence and courage. For those of y'all that are visitors, what we did about three weeks ago is we started this series saying, you are called. When God calls you, there's certain characteristics that you need. And that's what we've been discussing over the last few weeks. Again, today, it's going to be confidence and, of course, of course, courage. I want to go to the Old Testament into the book of Daniel chapter 3. You don't have to open your book there. I'm going to pretty much summarize all this. Here we find King Nebuchadnezzar. He was a cruel man with a terrible temper, by the way. While in rule, he had a dream of a great image, a statue of pure gold. This statue was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. I actually have a picture of that statue. That's what it looked like. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had arm day that day. Look at that. <laughs> but this is, this is the statue that he built, okay? After the statue was completed, he always demanded that all who lived in his kingdom would obviously worship and bow to this statue. The thing was, there were three men that weren't going to listen to him. These three men are Shadrach, Neshach, and 
Abednego. Most of y'all know this story, okay? All of you, all of you, you know, well-versed Christians, and, and okay, I get it. But just humor me through this, because there's some things that I need to point out. These men did not serve the gods of King Nebuchadnezzar and refused, obviously, to bow down to the statue and to worship the statue. You see, these three men had courage to stand against the king, but then also had confidence that God would take care of them through the process. Amen? When King Nebuchadnezzar heard of this, of course, he became enraged. Again, this was a man with a very bad temper. He called for these three men and demanded, demanded that they would worship the statue. When the king heard, again, just being enraged, and then these men happened to just completely refuse to bow down to this, he decided that these three men needed to be thrown into the fire, fiery furnace. Okay? Again, I know a lot of times y'all have heard this story. When they did refuse, he asked for the furnace to be increased seven times the normal temperature. This furnace was obviously so hot that it killed a lot of the soldiers who had bound the three men and taken them to the furnace. Before they could even get there, these men were dying because of the heat. Okay? After being thrown in the fire, Nebuchadnezzar could not believe what he saw after these three men were thrown in. We're going to go to that. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in alarm. He said to his advisors, didn't we throw three men bound into the fire? Yes, of course, your majesty, they replied to the king. He exclaimed, look, I see four men, not tied, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. When you have confidence and courage in Jesus Christ, he shows up. These men these men had confidence that God was going to protect them through this process. They had courage to not bow down to a king that wanted them to serve different gods. Again, confidence and courage together, and you're putting that towards the will of God, he's standing right next to you. What I love about this is not only did these men come out of the fire, but they were obviously completely untouched and unburned in a furnace that was seven times hotter than the normal temperature. When they came out, King Nebuchadnezzar was completely shocked. And I want to go to what he said. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 3, verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Verse 29, Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Now, I want to point out something. If you noticed, it said that it looked like a son of the gods. A lot of biblical scholars will say that that was the first time Jesus showed up in the flesh. You can take it how you want to, but I'll just say this. 
my heart believes that was Jesus standing in the fire with them for this moment right now. So we can point that out to you as teachers, that when you're standing in that furnace, when you're standing in the fire, Jesus is next to you. That's what my heart believes. You can call that a Micahism if you want to. I don't care. The main point to this Old Testament story, when you are called on a mission from God and you have confidence and courage, not only will Jesus Christ show up and save you, but while he's there, he'll save others as well. What I mean by that is, here you go, you, you've got this man, this king, who's just evil, evil heart. And, and if you go back and you read about this king beforehand, he, he, was, he was a terrible man. He, 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 he was on a roller coaster tremendously. But most of the time, he was not a good man. The man built a 90-foot gold statue. Now, I am in the jewelry business. That is a lot of gold, and that is a lot of work. There's no telling how long it took him to build that statue. Biblical scholars say that this occurred with these three men literally right after they unveiled this statue. So I want you all to think about something. We're talking of years of construction to build this gold statue. This was an image that he had, something that he felt like had to be done. He was very adamant about it. He does it, takes years, again, tons of money, right, lots of gold. And in one moment, he could care less. In one moment, when Jesus Christ showed up, he could care less about that altar. It's all about Jesus Christ then. You see, when Jesus shows his face to people, that's all it takes, is one time. If you're willing to have courage and if you're willing to have confidence... When God puts you on a mission, again, he'll show up, he'll help you, but he's going to save some people along the way, and it's all because you allowed him to work through you. Allow Jesus to show up, guys. <laughs> this story just reminds me of something, though, that happened to me <laughs> this past Monday. You, you need to be careful who you walk into the fire with, okay? You know, like these three men, like they were confident, right? Like, like... They were probably buddies. They were probably teammates, you know what I'm saying? So they were hyping each other up, like, hey, man, we're not going to get burned. We're good, you know. And it's, you know, I, I, I sense it like, you know, like if me and Bojo and Zaire were, were going in the fire, like we're going to be like, man, we're good. You know, like we ain't going to get burnt. We're fine. You know what I'm saying? We're slapping each other on the butt and, you know, getting all hyped up and stuff like that. <laughs> so, so you want that kind of person, right, when you go into the fire. When God calls you to a mission, see, that confidence and courage is important. So I'm going to tell you this story, okay? So this past Monday, I walked into the fire. It was called Coleman Carney Clinic, okay? I don't like the doctor, okay? And I got friends that are doctors, and I love y'all, but I don't like the doctor's office, okay? I am deathly scared of needles, like Blood and needles are not my thing, okay? So the last time I went there, see, I have two torn ACs. And the last time I went there, I had to get shots. And, and one of the injections that I got in this shoulder, the story is, this is what the doctor was telling me, up here where the AC joint is or something like that, you got this bone, there's supposed to be a gap, there's supposed to be four millimeters between it, okay? Well, this shoulder had like 1.2 millimeters between it. 
because my AC had inflamed so much. So anyway, they give you this shot, but I need to explain this shot, okay? It, it's, it's two needles. You have one needle that's, that's thick, okay? And, and it goes in first, and it don't feel good. And, and it's hitting everything in my shoulder right here. I mean, every tendon, every muscle, every bone, everything that it can hit because it's 1.2 millimeters, right? And then they get the other shot, and that's what injects into that needle and then goes, gives, gives you the steroids, okay? So the first time I got it done, again, was back in March, February or March. And I'm sitting on the table, and he gives me this shot. And all of a sudden, I mean, I, I get in this, I guess I start sweating. And, and the next thing I know, it, it ain't just sweat. It's like, you know, when Jesus prayed at the garden, and he was talking about it, just blood running off it. Like, that's what I felt like, just sweat was pouring off of me, right? And then all of a sudden, tunnel vision started happening, right? So the doctor immediately sees that I've turned white as a ghost, and he stops. And he says, you know what, Mike? He said, we're going to stop today. He said, you, you feeling okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. And anyway, so I left. We didn't do the other shoulder. I had to come back and get the other shoulder because I almost passed out. So anyway, this past Monday, the shots have worn off. My shoulder's hurt. So I got to go back to the doctor. I'm dreading this, right? But I decide to take the most courageous person I know with me, which is my wife. So I take Amanda because I knew that I might need to drive home. I was a little concerned about the passing out thing. So we get there, and the doctor's visiting with us and so forth, and he pulls out the needle. Now, I'm sitting here, and the doctor's here, and my wife is sitting right in front of me. And I'll decide, I just look at my wife, because I don't want to look at the needle, right? And when he pulls out that needle, she went... Mm. <laughs> oh all of a sudden my courage went shoo, right? Be careful who you take in the fire, guys. Very important. I will take my wife into any fire, but she ain't going back to get a shot with me. I promise you that. Now I want to go to the New Testament. I want to go to the book of Matthew chapter 14. Here we will find the disciples stuck on a boat during a storm in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Again, I know a lot of y'all know this story. Get over it. Listen to it again. During their panic... They see a figure coming towards them on the water, which they thought was a ghost. It's walking on the water, right? Of course, most of us know that was Jesus. I want you to look at what Jesus said to them, okay? They're in a major panic. They're in the middle of this storm. Waves are coming over the boat, and they see Jesus walking out there. And, of course, again, they think, man, that's, that's a ghost. They can't really quite tell it's Jesus. So we're going to go to Matthew 14, 27. Don't be afraid. Take courage I'm here notice the word courage if God's gonna help you in a storm you better have some courage that's what he's telling the disciples take courage don't be afraid don't be a coward take courage I'm here if he's there how do you not have courage seriously if he's standing right next to you how do you not have courage? Go to Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. This is Peter. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus just told him to have courage. While you're in this storm, have courage. 
And then Peter is trying to build confidence here, guys. Y'all see this? Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to the water. At least Peter figured it out. At least he figured out if that's Jesus, I can have confidence to come walk on that water, right? You have to have that confidence in any mission that God puts in front of you. Once Peter gained that confidence that it was Jesus, and he took the courage and was able to walk onto that water, a lot of us know again the rest of that story where Peter, the waves were crashing over and so forth, and Peter got scared and he sunk. But Jesus immediately grabs him and pulls him up, right? Now, a lot of y'all have heard this sermon. A lot of people always tell you, you know, in the storm, you know, Jesus is always there. He'll be there for you, pull you out of the water and all that kind of stuff. And that's true. That's a lot of that story. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. What I'm going to talk about is this. Peter takes a bad rap for losing courage. There were 12 disciples on that boat. Those other 11, they didn't have the courage or the confidence to step out on that water. This church is not going to be one of those 11. Understood? We're going to be Peter. We're going to have the courage and the confidence to step out there onto those waves, into those storms, onto that raging water, and walk hand in hand with Jesus Christ. Courage starts with confidence. You must have confidence in order for your courage to reach the point where you are 100% certain that the victory is coming. That's what we call here at this church Godfidence. I promise you, though, when you get to that point, when you get to that Godfidence point, Satan's going to do everything he can to try and take it away from you, right? A little over a month ago, I went to uh, the beach on vacation. And before I went, some of y'all don't know this, some of you do, but we left on a Friday. On the Monday before we left, I was at the gym and I ripped my groin. I literally ripped it. I, I was do Why are you laughing at that? That's not even funny. <laughs> like, that was like painful, man. So anyway, I'm, I'm on this uh, leg press machine. And for those of y'all don't know what that is at the gym, like, like you're, you're laid down, you're sitting back, and your legs are up, and you're pushing the weights up, right? Like these are my legs, okay? I know these are my arms, but they're my legs. So you're pushing the weight up, and, and all of a sudden, I'm on the, this is no exaggeration. I'm telling y'all, y'all don't think I'm lying. I was doing four sets of eight. I was on the last set, last rep. And when I came down, this leg went bloop, and it ripped my groin. Now, I'm leaving to go to the beach on Friday, and ain't nothing going to stop me from going to the beach, okay? Went home, could, could barely move, by the way. When it happened, the weights fell down on me, and people were rushing over to help me and so forth. Thank God for them. Thank you very much, and helped me up and so forth. But I just kind of laid on the ground. You know, I tried to act all tough, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm good. I'll be all right. And I just kind of laid there. Kind of same situation. I broke out in cold sweat, and this, this tunnel vision came in. So I get up, and I, I get to the car, and I go to the house, and I'm, I can't move my foot. Literally, I can't pick my foot up that high, my left foot. On a scale of 1 to 10, it was a 9 and a half. It's the most pain I've ever been in probably in my life. 
I even had a counseling session that night. I don't know if they're here, but I had a counseling session that night, and I was trying to act all tough, you know, like it didn't hurt that bad, so I let them leave before me so they didn't see me crawl down the steps out there, okay? I get home that night. I'm literally crawling in the house. Amanda had to change my clothes because I, 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 couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't pick my leg up. I went downstairs, again, one small step at a time down these stairs, and I get to our family room, and I'm sitting in the recliner. And I look at Amanda, and I told her, I said, I'm just standing against it. I refuse this. I'm not going to allow this to mess up my vacation. And not only that, but just to mess up my body. I wasn't doing anything wrong. It's not like I was doing some crazy amount of weight. It's what I've done for the last month in the gym. It was the exact same workout. So nothing crazy, right? Like I didn't abuse myself. I was doing this to stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to quit being healthy. You know, like that just kind of bothered me. But... I told Amanda that night, I stand against it. And I reached out to some people, the elders of the church, the pastors of the church, and I just told them, I said, I need you guys to stand in agreement with me on this. I went to bed that night in a lot of pain. And I woke up the next day, and I could pick my leg all the way up. And I walked right down the stairs. And I actually, I talked to a, a, a doctor, um, physical therapist, thank you, physical therapist, and the next day, I called them, and I was telling them the situation, and they said, Micah, that's impossible. And, of course, I laughed and said, but God. Now, here's the part of this story, though, where Satan tries to creep in and steal your confidence, okay? Monday, I ripped my groin. Tuesday, I'm feeling good, right? I can pick my leg up, go to work, do everything, right? I'm feeling good. Wednesday morning, I wake up. And, and, and like most older men like me, I had to go to the bathroom as soon as I woke up, right? So I go into the restroom, and, and, and I'm going to the bathroom. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but from my knee here, here, all the way up was the color of the rainbow. I'm talking about bruised, and it scared me, and I lost confidence. I immediately picked up the phone and called my doctor. Well, I texted him. And the thing is, is I was very concerned, you know, because, again, it was from here all the way up. My concern was when I texted him, I said, hey, man, I'm just making sure, you know, nothing's going to fall off. <laughs> because, listen, listen, me, me, and, me and the missus now, we were done having kids, but we ain't done, you know, being married, right? <laughs> so I was extremely scared. I was extremely worried. But my doctor replaced my confidence, and he explained to me, he said, <laughs> Moving on. We'll never go down that path again. We have told the story of confidence and courage from the Old Testament and from the New Testament. Let's just get serious now. But now I want to tell you guys a story about what's happened in the Now Testament with somebody that's full of courage. Robin Treyweek. We visited about Robin Treyweek earlier. Robin is a brother of mine, brother of this church. And uh, he's had a tough battle with COVID over the last couple weeks. Last Sunday, Will Green reached out to me, and he said, uh, I get choked up. He said, uh, 
I feel God's calling me to go and pray over Robin. And not only that, but to do it unprotected. And I said, I just told him, I said, Will, if that's what he's calling you to do, he's going to protect you. Just, Jesus is going to be right there in the fire with you, right? So Monday evening, he goes over to pray with Robin. Robin had had a lot of episodes throughout the week and so forth. He had been up to the ER a couple times. As soon as Will walked in the door to pray over him at his home, as soon as he walked in, Robin was hit with another attack. And I have no doubt that was Satan attacking my brother. And he didn't like that the Holy Spirit was walking through the door because he could feel it all over Will. What I love about my boy Will is with that distraction, with his brother being in pain, it didn't stop him from fulfilling the mission. He had the confidence that God was going to protect him, and he had the courage to step in, look Satan right in the eyes, and tell him, get out. That's true courage, guys, and that's a Now Testament story. That's not something you're going to read in this book. See, that's the thing. Everybody thinks that all of these miracles and all of this healing and any power that Jesus Christ had all stopped when this book was finished. Guys, that power lives inside of us. And when he calls you to a mission, you better step up and use it. What is the opposite of courage, guys? Fear, if you have fear, you're a coward. Rewind. We all have fear. If you let fear control you, you're a coward. Is that better? Thank you. God hates a coward. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. Cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. I didn't write that. I want you to look who leads the list of this ungodly group. Cowards. First one mentioned. First one mentioned. Before unbelievers, before the corrupt, before the murderers, before the immoral. Cowards. Leads the list. I'm not saying that fear will not come when you're called on a mission from God, but you do not know what fear is. Let me start over. Do you know what fear is to a true Christian warrior? It's the opportunity for courage to show up. 
That's what fear is. We're not going to look at fear in the eye and run away from it. We're going to look fear in the eye and again stand up just like Will did. Look Satan right in the eye and put him right back below his feet like Bo was talking about at Transitions. That's what warriors do. That's what God's calling this church to do. Do not let fear control you guys. I want to close with this, you guys. What I'm about to talk about, I mean no disrespect to anyone. Let me repeat myself. What I'm about to talk about, I mean no disrespect to anyone. Y'all hear that? I need all of you to understand that during the pandemic, you have the freedom and authority to do what's best for you and your family. And you never let anybody tell you any different or persuade you in any other way. Do y'all hear me? You do not let anybody persuade you to do something that you don't want to do. Do you hear me? When it comes to vaccines and masks, you do what's best for your family. That is your number one ministry. You don't let any church, government, or law try to tell you any different. Do y'all understand me? You control those things as long as you're not acting out of fear. Don't get the vaccine and wear a mask if you're scared. That's not why you get it. You get it because you feel the Spirit moving you in that direction. That's called discernment. We talked about that last week. Big difference between fear and discernment. You follow the Spirit, guys. Again, I'm going to repeat myself again. Do not let anybody persuade you any different. Amen? stopped at a red light the other day. I shared this with somebody, I think yesterday. I stopped at a red light the other day. I looked to my right. There is a lady sitting in a car by herself with a mask on. That's fear. I saw a man jogging down the road a month ago with a mask on. Nobody's around him. That is fear. Guys, do not cower down to fear. Do not do that. If you feel you need to wear a mask, you wear that mask with pride. Do you understand me? If there is a health issue that you have and you need to wear a mask, you wear that dadgum mask. My mother-in-law fought cancer. We were talking to her the other day and telling her, it may not be a bad idea to wear a mask right now because you're going through that process. You've been healed but you need to make dang sure that you stay healthy. God still gave you a brain to make good decisions, amen? amen? Be careful and be cautious, guys. And that's what this church is going to do. I feel it's time for the church to get a backbone. And when I say that, I'm talking about all of us. 
I'm so tired of watching churches close. I'm tired of watching my brothers and sisters scared. Like, that's all they'll talk about. They won't talk about anything else. I'm tired of watching my brothers and sisters cower down to others instead of listening to God in the way that God's leading them. I understand that this pandemic is real. Obviously, we've got one of our brothers that's fighting it right now. My sister's literally fighting it right now. I realize that it's real. There's something there. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's pneumonia, COVID, or what's the new word. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it is, there's something there. Okay? But don't fear it. God has already overcome that. He's overcome the entire world. I promise you, Robin, who's sick right now, and he's sitting at home, I promise you my brother ain't lost faith. I promise you that. Yeah, he's struggling. He's hurting. My sister too. But I promise you, <laughs> they're still fighting it because they know God's going to win. They're not scared of it. It's a storm they're going through. And Jesus Christ is standing right next to them. I'm going to close with this. I've had a lot of people ask me in the last couple weeks from the church and from outside of the church, what are y'all going to do? This next wave's coming through. There's talk of the government looking at shutting churches down again. Myself and the leadership team at this church refuses to close this church. We will not. Y'all take five seconds, give God another round of applause. Now in saying that, I need y'all to understand, we may take some precautions. We're going to be careful. We're going to look at things. We're going to take care of things. We're going to clean things. We're going to do that. You know why? Because we have a flock to protect, right? You guys are a part of the family. And when you're a part of the family, we're going to do everything we can to protect the family. Amen? And that goes for all of us. That's not just leadership taking care of y'all. That's y'all taking care of me too, right? Like, it's all family. Guys, we're going to fight for each other. That's what we're going to do. But I refuse to shut the church down. When you can walk in Walmart and you can walk in Home Depot, by gosh, you can walk in this church, right? That's We're going to have church, warriors. We're going to have church. And you know what? I have a feeling if that occurs, we're going to see major movement. Major movement. And we're going to be that church that's going to refuse to bow down to the golden idol. Amen? They can come drag you past right here in handcuffs. Y'all just come bail me out. <laughs> Grab a pen and paper. Let's write this down.
get a drink of my Zevia. Go ahead, Nick. Unmeasured courage is the reaction of Godfidence. You got Godfidence, there's no limit to what courage you can have from that. 